Matthew 6, starting at verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Wayne, uh, who was leading worship today, Wayne is one of our worship leaders. He's also one of our teachers. He teaches on Wednesday nights. Sometimes he teaches in our adult Bible fellowships. Uh, he's preached. Uh, so Wayne and I were out for lunch this week. Uh, we were actually last week, and we were at Vietnam Cafe having some soup. And so we were talking about one of Charles's messages that he just preached. We just it was on forgiveness. If you haven't watched that or heard that message of Charles on forgiveness, you need to go and watch it online. It was super powerful. And we're just talking about it, going back and forth. And Wayne looked at me and he goes, so what are you going to be preaching about? And I said, well, I'm going to talk about give us this day our daily bread. And he goes, oh, that's the easy one. He's like, that's the one that everyone wants to pray for. And I laughed and I chuckled and I said, that's because they're looking at it the wrong way. There's actually so much in this passage it's not simply about asking God for whatever we want or whatever we need. There's so much in this one request. And I think it's so important for us to unpack it today. So what we're going to do is we're going to answer three questions in regards to this petition. We're going to ask the questions of, to whom is this request being made? When is the request being made? And who is making the request? All right, let's start with the first question. To whom is the request being made? Give us this day our daily bread, it's found right smack in the middle of the prayer. Right smack in the middle of the prayer. And the position of that petition is so important when, in order for us to understand the answer to that first question. You know, we've been asking two other questions throughout this whole series so far in regards to the Lord's Prayer. You would have heard Charles talk about it. You would have heard me talk about it. We would have said, answer the questions, who is he and who are we? When we look at the Lord's Prayer, what we're answering is, who is he, the one we are talking to, who is God? And when we get that response, we are able to approach God and understand who we are. And as we get through the petition, as we got through the Lord's Prayer, and we get to give us this day our daily bread, what have we learned so far? That we are invited to approach our God, who is our Father. He is our Father, and he's also in heaven. On top of that, his name is hallowed, he is holy, and we are subject to his kingdom and to his will. So what does that mean if we unpack that when we come before God and make our request for our daily bread? Well, what we need to understand is this. Children of the king have access to that king as their father in ways that no one else has, right? But he's still the king. He's still the king. And they are still under his authority. When we approach God, we now have the opportunity to approach God as our Father. We have access to God like no one else has. When you believe in Jesus, when you choose to follow him, you have access to God in an intimate way, like Wayne was talking about earlier. We have access to God as our Father. But we are still members of his kingdom and subject to his authority. Why am I saying all this? Maybe you don't struggle with this, but at times what I think happens for me is that I don't approach God when I make my request for my daily bread. I don't approach God as if I'm talking to my father, and I don't approach God as if I'm talking to my king. What I do sometimes is I approach God as if he's the genie of the lamp. 
right? Like, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Like, like he's just there to answer any kind of wish that I have. And when we approach God as if he's the genie of the lamp, what we end up doing, if we're not careful, is we approach God and we impose our will on God instead of submitting to his. I have to be careful that at times when I approach God, I'm not trying to impose my will on him and expect him to live up to my will instead of the truth of the matter is that I need to submit to his will. You know what this is a, a kind of a shout out to, what, what that kind of attitude is? It's the same thing when people who were worshiping idols approach their idols. They would try to coerce, manipulate, or, or, or bribe, or whatever. They tried to impose their will on this false God and expected to return to give them all they had. We cannot approach God that way. It is a mistake to, to, to do that and go to God in that manner when we are asking for this petition of our bread. And I think it's important to understand that. I think it's very important to understand who we are talking to. You see, in the very next chapter, Matthew chapter 7, we're told to ask and we shall receive. In Mark chapter 11, it says, whatever things we ask for in prayer, believe that we will have them and we will receive them. Right? But I've asked for stuff and it didn't happen. I've prayed for stuff before. I've prayed for someone to get healed that I cared about deeply, and it didn't happen. I prayed that this would, uh, child of mine would be protected from something, and it didn't happen. I've prayed for stuff, and it didn't happen. So what has happened out there? Is that I just don't have enough faith? Is it that the Bible is incorrect and contradicting itself? No. No, it's about perspective. It's about knowing who I'm talking to. Because, yes, I'm talking to the hallowed God, the almighty God, who is more powerful than anything, who can, who, who can grant the request. He's capable of fulfilling my request. But I'm also talking to my heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, who loves me more than I can imagine. There are times that I realize as being a dad, I learn just a glimpse, just a small glimpse of that love of the Father, because I, I get reminded of it in, in interactions with my children. When my children were young, they would come to me and they would ask for something, and they would make this request. And you know what would happen? I knew when they asked for that request, it wasn't good for them. And I knew the need behind the words that they were saying. I knew the need behind the request that they were making. And I knew what they actually needed. I knew what their heart was saying. Their words might have been saying something, but their heart was actually saying something else. And I knew that need. And if I, a broken, sinful human being, can realize that truth about my children, how much greater is that truth for our perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful, heavenly Father? You see, when we make our request before God, we need to remember that we don't know what God knows. We don't see what God sees. And if we remember that we are making that request to a heavenly Father that loves us, we can make that request and live out a life and an attitude of trust, knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us more than he, we can possibly imagine. Do you notice the position of give us this day our daily bread? 
It comes right after our prayer for his will to be done. It is an attitude of trust that we have to have when we come to him. And that attitude of trust is really key to the second question, when is the request to be made? When is it to be made? What does the prayer say? It says, give us today our daily bread. This prayer is a daily petition before God. And that might be the words that I say at times, just so you know. That might be the words that I say. But really, am I really asking for that? Am I really at times for me? I don't know about you, again, for me. Am I asking just for today? Am I going to God with that trust and submission? Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. You know, when we pray, we pray for today, for what we need, our daily bread for today. That's what I pray for. I say, Lord, give us today our daily bread. But if I was to be honest, what I'm really hoping for is, <laughs> Lord, give us today two weeks worth of bread. I, I, I would like just a little bit more so I know that is food, the food is right there and I'm good to go. And then you know what else I need? You know, besides those two weeks of bread, how about you do this? How about you give me some gift cards? Because this might go a little bit faster than I thought, and then I can just go use the gift card when I want to. And while we're at it, can you have some butter with that bread? This is how I usually pray. And what am I saying is, I'll say, I'm saying to God, I'll get back to you when I need a refill. Actually, you know what, God? Here's what we can do. Here's what we can do, God. It's great. I got an idea you can create a bread of the month club. <laughs> Just send me the box automatically. You know what I'm doing when I come to God with that kind of heart? What am I really praying for? I'm praying for a situation where I don't actually need God. I'm praying for a situation where I can be in control and I don't need to be reliant on him. And you see, that's not how we're supposed to pray this petition. That's not how we're supposed to pray this petition of our daily bread. It actually reflects, it actually reflects some of what happened in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. It actually mirrors this image of God sending manna to the Israelites. In Exodus, second book of the Bible, chapter 16, pages 49 and 50 on the church Bibles here, it says this, <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Verse 14. When the frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor, when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. <clears throat> the Israelites did as they were told. 
Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who had gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. <coughs> so Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning, as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. So God takes the people of Israel out of slavery and bondage in, in Egypt, and he takes them, and he's leading them to a promised land. But before he gets there, they spend 40 years in the wilderness. And what happens is God provides them food to eat in this manna. This is really like kind of this stuff that means just what is it? It's just this, this bread. But they were to be obedient to him. He had specific instructions. You gather what you need for the day, and that's it. You can't save it. Except for the day before the Sabbath. Then you gather for two days. And what happened? What happened if they gathered? They didn't listen. What happened if they gathered extra bread? You know, my, my oldest son is really particular about bread, okay? He'll come to me, and he'll take a piece of bread out, and he's like, is that mold? And I'll look at it, I don't see anything on it. He's like, is that mold right there? I'm like, I think that's a sesame seed. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, I don't know about it. That's not what we're talking about. This is maggot bread. You kept the manna more than you were supposed to. What happened? It stunk. It smelled. It was filled with these maggots. It was the original protein bread. <laughs> and yet, you could not eat it. Why? Why did God do that? Why did he say that you couldn't do that? You couldn't gather more than he said. God was creating a daily reminder of their dependence on him. You see, they're in the wilderness. They're wandering around. They have to depend on him. And pretty soon, he's going to lead them into the promised land. And let me tell you something. If you can't trust God for your daily bread, you can't trust God to take down the walls of Jericho. If you can't trust him in this daily bread, there's no way you can trust him to go before you and lead you into the promised land and tear those walls down. God has given us a daily reminder that he is in control. Now, again, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you can't save in your bank account. Uh, I'm not saying that saving is a bad thing. No, that's good stewardship. But you could have plenty and understand that you're dependent on God. And you could have little and not understand that you're dependent on God. It's a heart issue. And it's an obedience issue. 
Each day I'm relying on God for my daily bread. This prayer is not just a prayer of request. It's a prayer of submission and humility. And this is even bigger when we look at the word for daily bread. It's kind of redundant, right? Give us today our daily bread. It's a little bit redundant there. Well, actually, that word for daily bread, the, word, the original Greek word for daily bread, doesn't really translate to daily bread. It's actually only found in the Bible here and in the book of Luke when Luke does the Lord's Prayer. It's not found in the Bible anywhere else. You want to know something else? It's not found in any ancient Greek literature either. It's kind of a word that was used to kind of try to capture what Jesus was saying, and, and, and they couldn't really figure it out, and they put, Matthew and Luke put this word in there. Now, on a side note, this word has been used by some in the Catholic Church to support the idea of a Eucharist. And I, and I just need you to know that that's not what I feel is going on here. This, this word does mean more than daily bread, but I don't think it supports the Eucharist that such faith as Catholicism say it is. And if you don't know what the Eucharist is, the main, the main premise is the belief that the element of the bread in communion actually turns into the body of Christ as you take it. And that's not something we believe at Calvary Church. But what you need to know is that each time you take communion in the Catholic Church, the Lord's Prayer is said. And one of the reasons behind that is this original Greek word for the daily bread. Now, while I don't think that this passage supports the Eucharist, there are statements that I do agree with the Catholic Church, and frankly, all of the church throughout history on. This word in Greek means so much more than just daily bread. It signifies what's necessary for life. Uh, More broadly, every good thing sufficient for our living. It's super essential bread, basically. It refers to our every need. Why is that important? Why are we taking that tangent? Because this request is both physical and spiritual. There's an attitude of dependence that we talked about when we talked about manna, and and, and it becomes so much deeper when we understand that we're not just praying for our physical life, we are praying for our spiritual life. When it comes to God, we pray for our physical bread that we need for our physical life, but we also understand that we need to pray and rely on Jesus for himself, our spiritual bread that we need for our spiritual life. And we need to remember that complete attitude of dependence for our daily bread. When we pray for this daily bread, we are acknowledging that everything we need, everything we need, for our life is dependent on Jesus. So we answer the first and second questions, and we're left with the final question, who is making the request? Who is making the request? We answer to whom is the request being made to, and we answered when is the request to be made. Who is making the request? When we pray, did Jesus teach us to pray? Give me today my daily bread. No. He said, give us today our daily bread. Instead of me and my, he uses us and our. There's a personal element and a corporate element to the request of give us today our daily bread. We were never meant to focus 
only on our needs. When it comes to daily bread, I need to pray for me and for we. I need to pray for me and for we. And so when I come and I pray, that should include my needs, because that's what our includes. Our includes my needs, but also should include your needs. Is that how I approach God when I pray for my daily bread? When I pray for God to provide, am I just focusing on what I need? Or do I pray for my neighbor or for my coworker, or, or for my friend or family member or for someone in the church body? Do I pray for the orphan in Haiti who goes to sleep with pangs of hunger? Do I pray for the homeless person sleeping on the sidewalk of a street in Kensington? Do I pray for the outcast member of the caste society in India? Do I pray for our daily bread or do I just pray for my daily bread. Today is Connect Sunday. The first Sunday of every month is Impact Sunday, where we focus on missions. The third Sunday of every month is Connect Sunday, where we focus on, on impact, uh, on connection. Impact is the first Sunday, Connect is the third. And sometimes you may think that the only thing we do on Connect Sundays is use it as an excuse to eat, because sometimes we do eat. That's not what Connect Sundays is about. But the truth of the matter is, is sometimes the best connections that you have with people, the best conversations you have with people are around food. So that's why we do food sometimes. Connect Sunday is about remembering that I'm not meant to do life alone. But you know what else it's about? It's about remembering that there's people around you who are sitting in these seats or who are online or who are in Quakertown who are doing life alone. And that you are meant to take that step towards them and connect with them and create community. There are people, I talk to them, who are hurting and are alone. And you are the answer to that need of connection. So here's what we're going to do. We talk about connect. We talk about connecting with God and then connecting with others. I can't think of a better way to do that than through prayer. This is a perfect series to learn about that. Again, our daily bread means to, yes, come to God with my needs and my petitions, but I need to come with your needs and petitions as well. Give us today our daily bread. We are making that request to our Father and our King who loves us and knows what we need more than we do. We make that request daily with humble hearts, submitting to his will, understanding that we have to be dependent on him for everything. And we make that request together as a community. So we pray for, I will pray for my needs and your needs because it is our daily bread. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness and your love. And God, I thank you for this series on prayer. It's just, it's just really been teaching me a lot. And God, I ask you that you would help us as we come and make our request to you to come with the right attitude and the right heart 
but also to come with a boldness to not just pray for our needs, but to pray for the needs of those around us. Give us eyes to see like you do and a heart that loves like you do. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.